You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. What's up? What's happening? Welcome in to Take Command. That is Logan Paulson, fresh off the Senior Bowl. I am Craig Hoffman, fresh off a full day of Dan Quinn coverage. Here we go, day two, Logan. Uh, Dan Quinn, probably, here, here's the funny thing, uh, officially hasn't been announced yet. I'm guessing that is going to be uh, something that happens today. Uh, I've been told by a little bird that perhaps Monday the introductory press conference uh, could happen. So uh, we will obviously be hearing from him eventually, but now we just continue to talk about him. And who better to do it than someone who played for him? Uh, that would be you, sir. Uh, is, is folks watching on YouTube can see the graphic. That's not my name there. That is yours, uh, who played for Dan Quinn back in 2018 with Atlanta and uh, Logan, I mean, I'm just going to give you the floor. Uh, I obviously did a, a full three-hour show yesterday talking about this, and um, I certainly will, will reiterate some of those thoughts on the podcast. But you hear the news. Dan Quinn's the guy. What immediately goes through your head? Yeah, I mean, it feels honestly kind of like a dream a little bit. You know what I mean? Because he's like Adam Peters is a guy that I had a connection with and a guy that I know and a guy that I have a lot of respect for. And then Dan is a guy, again, you bump into guys over your court, over your playing career and you're just like – this guy is a special person. And, um, and I mean that with like the utmost respect in the sense that like, he's just, he's, his, his, his engagement with the players was so high. His care about the players was so high, his ability to kind of motivate and get the most out of the players on a day-to-day basis, I thought was incredible. So I just think it's a tremendous, it's a tremendously like in terms of just like quality human beings who've had success in the NFL, um, you know, I think this is this is pretty fantastic. So I, I'm excited about it, and I know there's some people who you know maybe feel differently. But I, I think as we talk through Dan Quinn and what he's done, and you know my experience with him, I think maybe people feel a little bit differently. So, yeah, I mean the the early pushback is that it's Ron Rivera 2.0, and I'm not going to be obtuse enough to say I don't understand it on the surface. I just think they're two very different people in two very different situations. And the the short version of it is simply this, like. Dan Quinn is a really good football coach who's being hired to be a football coach. And by the way, I think he's a better football coach than Ron Rivera. You know, I don't, we don't need to spend time debating that and time will tell ultimately uh, in terms of this role, but on, on a bigger structural level, like Ron Rivera was hired in this 
very silly coach centric model that Dan Snyder modeled off of other places that didn't actually have that model work. Um, like he thought that's what was going on in, in Seattle and it wasn't, uh, he thought that's what was going on in new England. It was, but it was a huge problem in new England right. and he gave Ron Rivera all this power. And I think Ron very quickly realized like that was a bad idea. Um, and instead of giving it up, he tried to just power on through it. And four years later, here we are. Dan Quinn is hire being hired to be the football coach. It is not personnel. It is not scouting. It is not any of that stuff, his involvement of that will be that of a coach to say, Hey, this is what I'm looking for. These are the holes. This is what I need. His job is going to be to coach. And, um, I think that that is really exciting because that also was a downfall of Dan's in Atlanta. Um, he did have some personnel control, was a little bit more involved in those processes. And you talked about, uh, when we, uh, you know, we're discussing him as a candidate that one of the things that maybe he wishes he had done more was be more involved on the defensive side of the ball down there in Atlanta. And I'm curious kind of what the setup will be for him here. Uh, but ultimately, the the job for him is to coach the football team. And I think that in itself is going to make whoever they hired more successful, and especially a guy like Dan Quinn, who's very, very good at coaching football teams. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I think like when you get a talent like Adam Peters, you want to lead on that, Let, like lead on his expertise. And ultimately, like it's going to be Dan's team. And I think that's how it should be. But I do think you have a guy who's excellent identifying talent and understanding how to fit the talent to the scheme. And so I think if Dan can be very clear and Dan will be able to be very clear, he's a great communicator about what he's looking for from a player standpoint. I think Adam's going to be able to go out in free agency and through the draft and find some of those guys. So I think that's why this is an exciting proposition. And I also think like, you know, it's just Ron has a, like a there's a traditional nature to Ron, which I have a lot of respect for. Right. He's he's a player's coach. I think he's a good guy. But there's an energy to Dan that is very unique to Dan. And I say this like not to besmirch Ron, but to just kind of show you how special Dan is. Like I, and I said, I've said this a couple of different places and I'm going to say it here again. Like I never had more fun playing football in my time in the NFL than when I was with him. Obviously, there was position coaches and I had a great time with Kyle, all those different things. But he was a guy that just made it so much fun to go to work. And people say, why is that important? And the guys just gave him more because they enjoyed the process, especially like veterans that had been other places. They'd come there and they would just pour everything into that organization. And I thought like that, that comes from him. And he made specific decisions with coaches that um, – you know, like had similar energies and similar passions and it showed up, you know, like coach Ulbrich, he's the, he's the head coach of the senior. He was one of the head coaches of the senior bowl. Like yep. he's a head coaching candidate. He's from this tree. He's from Dan's tree. And you can see in how they run practice, the energy between the two practices was so dramatically different. And that's a point of emphasis for them. And so I felt like the first practice in the morning watching again, we're, we're not talking about the senior bowl. I'm talking about the coaching here was way more productive and way more energetic because the guys were excited to be out on the field and out of practice. And they had done that in three days. And I think, uh, and I think that's the big difference. This is a more, this is a kind of coaching style that I think fits the modern player a little bit better. The younger players, I think Pete, one of the reasons Pete Carroll was so successful because he adopted this style. I remember talking to Kyle about it as well. He's like, you know, this idea of not making it a total grind to come to work and making it enjoyable, adding some games and some competition just to kind of, light like make it a little bit more light in the day Kyle's like I think that's one of the best things I learned from Dan and you know Kyle's a guy that I think we talk about you know kind of with you know uh, very respectful tones because of his pedigree and his resume but for him to be like this is one thing that I think is so important moving forward um, I think just shows you the impact that Dan 
that, that Dan has on people and that, that Dan can have on people. So again, like it's, um, I think like to your point, the, the GM coach division there, I think is going to be huge, but also I think the energy that Dan's going to bring is going to be really exciting. And you know, I'm not saying that this is like, you know, the, Oh, it's done now. Like everything's fine. Everything's perfect. Like coaching hires are now the next big thing and they've always been a big thing. So we'll see how that process goes, but I'm really excited that Dan is, is here and going to be a part of the commanders moving forward. Yeah, no doubt. I think the other big difference um, between why it's not Rivera 2.0, if you will, is I think Quinn has a reputation for bringing accountability in a way that Rivera did not. Ron talked about accountability a lot, but ultimately we saw it play out. You know, guys like Chase Young never doing what they were supposed to do and it never got fixed. And, you know, if you talk to enough people in the building that there was some, a lot of frustration with that. Some and like other players, coaches, whatever. And it never happened. And uh, Logan, I was debating whether we were going to use this clip or not, but I, I have a clip because uh, okay. I had I had a, someone else who played for Dan Quinn uh, on my show yesterday. Uh, KJ Wright, Pro Bowl linebacker nice. uh, for the Seattle Seahawks, uh, joined me and talked about uh, what his experience was with Dan. And you're going to hear a lot of what Logan just said at a very different point in Quinn's career. This time, obviously, a younger defensive coordinator when KJ was playing for him and they went to two Super Bowls in seattle but also um kind of that that hard line that he will draw uh, in his own way when necessary first off he's an awesome human being he's an awesome person and um i love the man he, he finds out what you're doing off the field sees how your family's doing see what you're going through mentally throughout the season and so he gets that part of, of you just being a human being and then you just go to the football side the guy is a solid dude he's a brilliant mind you talk about the personalities that we had in Seattle, Richard Sherman, Earl Thomas, or Michael Bennett. It's like you need a phenomenal leader to lead a bunch of those guys. And he held everyone to a very high standard, as talented and as good as we were. When we did mess up, Dan Quinn was the guy to address it and to make sure that we not slip. And obviously what you saw, we was the most dominating defense for four years in a row. And so um, just an awesome mind. He knows at the right time when to call a certain coverage, when to dial with a certain blitz, and he can see things before they even happen on the football field. That makes for a perfect coordinator. It makes for a perfect coach, the way he just puts guys in position to be successful. successful. And so on. Um, there's not no run with her 2.0. Two different personalities at that. And so on. Um, it's going to be really, really different over there with the commanders. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. So there you go. That's yeah. KJ Wright. And he talks about the accountability, uh, but also all that stuff that you talked about that's, that's so positive. But I think that ability to both be someone's friend, if you will, to have that personal relationship, to treat someone like an adult, but also understanding that treating someone like an adult means telling them when they're wrong and holding them accountable and ultimately understanding like this is a business. And if you're not going to do the job the way that we ask, we'll find someone else who, who will like that's the NFL. And that's how you succeed in the NFL. 
No, I think that's 100% right. And I think he said a lot of great stuff there, you know, and I think just to kind of double click on some of it, like his football mind, his football acumen is very, very high. And I think when you look at his evolution as a coach, like I think it's very special. Like there was a period of time where all these guys coming out of Seattle, all these guys uh, from the cover three tree, the Seattle three, the Seattle six, whatever you want to call that coverage, were really dogmatic about hanging on to it. And when I was in Atlanta near the tail end of his time there, he was like, we need to, I, there was, a, I could see it in his eyes, man. We come out to practice, like we need to change this. And so then when he goes to Dallas, like it's almost a completely different defense. The principles are the same, you know, this bend, but don't break, be aggressive in certain spots, find good pass rushers, put those pass rushers in good positions to be successful. But the coverage structures are different. The emphasis is different. And I think like, it's just, again, to KJ's point, the ability to maximize talent. Like I think about, you know, Micah Parsons, who's obviously one of the best defensive ends in the NFL. If he's here, in Washington last year in kind of this four down, just rush the quarterback. I don't know if he gets to 10 sacks. And that's saying a lot because Micah Parsons is a dynamic pass rusher. When you look at what Dan does for him and freeing up, freeing him up and maximizing the other people in that front, I think it's pretty special. So I definitely think he's a, f- a smart football guy. Um, I think the accountability thing is also interesting. You know, it's going to be a little bit different than, you know, like EB. It's going to be, it's not going to be kind of as, you know, um, aggressive, maybe kind of traditional, but he does a good job of, of kind of holding you to a standard while also walking that line. So again, it's, you know, there's no perfect coach, but I, I, I love Dan. Dan's an excellent human being. I, you know, that's what KJ said. And I, I can't reiterate that enough. Like it is that kind of care and compassion for the players. It gets them to play hard for him. And I think that that, that can't be undervalued. And Again, that cultural element, like as, as a head coach, he's going to, I think he's going to be doing less X's and O's, but that cultural element is really why you're bringing that guy in here. And I think you're going to get 53 guys who want to come to work and want to be the best versions of themselves. And I think that's the other thing that I haven't really said before, but it's like when I was in Atlanta, he was fostering this, this, this intense growth with the players. He was encouraging you every day to kind of find something new. And so guys on their own, players on their own would stay after practice and work on stuff independent of coaches. And I thought like, that's, you don't really see that everywhere. You don't really see that around the NFL, like certain guys will do it, but they get a whole position group to stay and be player led. Again, he, he's a special guy. And again, we, there's a lot of stuff that still needs to happen in this process to make sure that, you know, the commanders are successful this year. But, um, but yeah, man, I, I totally agree with, with the majority of what KJ said. Yeah, so I, I, a couple of questions that I want to tackle here. Um, I want to get to what he does with this roster in a second because I'm pretty intrigued by some of the pieces and how they fit in kind of the traditional Quinn mold. But you talked uh, a month ago when we were, were talking about Quinn as a, as a candidate about him calling you. That yeah. after uh, he got fired in Atlanta, he made many calls, one of which was to you to basically ask, hey, if I do this again, what do I have to do differently? What went wrong in your eyes? He, he fielded feedback. What feedback uh, did you give him? And what do you think that he heard that he's got to do differently? Because at the end of the day, I can hear fans screaming, listening to stuff, being like, it's great. All this stuff sounds great. But then why was he 43 and 42? Why was he 0 and 5 in his last season? Why did he get fired? Like, ultimately, yeah, yeah you, were, you went to a Super Bowl, which turned into being the biggest blown lead in Super Bowl history. Why am I supposed to get excited about this guy if, if that's who he is? So how does he change to make it better than it was in Atlanta on the record side of it, which is ultimately the job? You know, all this all this stuff is good and it's important, but the job is to win. And so how does like what's the feedback you gave him? and What do you think others told him to ensure that that he's more successful this time around? 
Yeah, so I think a couple things there. Like, first off, it's hard to get to the Super Bowl, right? Not a lot of teams yeah. do that. So good Look, for to him. blow a twenty-eight three lead, you got to be up twenty-eight three in the Super Bowl, yeah. and that's a that's a rare feat. And you you know you lose to Tom Brady, whatever. You know that's a tough yeah. deal. Um, I also think that like there's a couple of factors there. It's not just I think people like they put so much onus on the coach, and we'll get to my advice that I gave him in a second. But like they put so much onus on the head coach. But I think when you look at what happened after that twenty-eight three lead, like Kyle Shanahan leaves. And I, I give get I give Dan a ton of credit. He was a, instrumental in that hire. He was a big part of that hire. And in terms of identifying talent, and we've talked about the importance of offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators. And so at around the same time, he is relinquishing defensive play calling duty. Kyle leaves. So essentially, you're losing two coordinators, right? And I think that's a huge effect. I also think, you know, Matt Ryan's getting older. They had just paid Matt Ryan a ton of money. We always talk about the quarterback and how you have to – um, you know, you have to invest in that position, but how once you've invested, the roster starts to deteriorate. Also, I think it's interesting that they had some guys that played really, really well in that season. What season was that? Was that 2016, 15, 2015, whatever that was? Yeah, 15 was the year Ryan won MVP. So 15, 16, you know, yeah, 15, 16. 2016 yeah. is when the Super Bowl is. Yeah. So, you know, they had some guys that played really well that year that regressed hardcore and weren't quite the same players like Vic Beasley's a guy that comes to mind so it's not just Dan in a bubble I don't think I think I think people forget right. that it's you're losing two coordinators you've got this huge kind of albatross of a contract I, I, Matt deserved to get paid Julio deserved to get paid but when you pay people like that it limits who you can bring in to support them and I think uh, it became really like I remember going in it was such a unique experience going to Atlanta for training camp because they had their 20 guys that were going to make the team and everybody else was a rookie, like basically. And so it's hard to win football games like that. And that those are personnel decisions. And hopefully, you know, Adam Peters can have the foresight to kind of keep them out of those, those situations. Like Dimitrov, I love Dimitrov. He was an awesome human being. But again, I think if you were to ask Dimitrov, that's some things he'd like to do differently as well, too. And then, you know, I think to, uh, to my advice now and, and advice that I've heard other people give him. Yeah, real like, quick, just to put a yeah, pause yeah. and a pin in yeah. that. Like that to me is one of the most important things is that, you know, a lot of the stuff, like you look at what happened to Vrabel in Tennessee. Yeah, it's and I think thing. there's there's a lot of similarities to Quinn in Atlanta. And I think Dan had a part from talking to some folks down in Atlanta is like Dan had a say in some of those bad decisions on the roster and, and where some of the investment was made and where he thought maybe he could cover holes. And I think Adam Peters is not going to necessarily, like obviously he will take Dan's input, but we know that it is Peter's show on the personnel side here. And so that automatically takes that off of his plate. And Dan hopefully learns from those mistakes. And if he has faced with similar challenges again, his input's probably going to be a little different. So I, I look at those things as long as he has the humility to learn as positives this time around, even if they were negatives in Atlanta. Yeah. And I think, uh, and so, yeah. And I think to your point, like what, you know, what have people told him? Like, I think, uh, one of the things that I told him was like, hey, just make sure you got the right people like in those coordinator spots and at the O-line coaching spots and, and with the tight end room, like make sure those coaches are guys that you trust emphatically to get the job done. Because I felt like in uh, I was there in 18, kind of transitioning to 19, I could see him trying to stretch himself too thin to kind of kind of cover all these bases because he not that he was losing trust, but he just wasn't getting what he needed always from the coordinators you know and i think uh, like i have a lot of respect for sark i have a lot of respect for uh gosh i forget the guy in 2019 awesome guy very, very you know uh, good dude dirt cutter dirt cutter you know uh but i think there was a there was a little bit of a drop off and it was like he i could just being around him i felt like it was slipping away from him. so i said just make sure that 
you know, th- those guys are, are getting what you want done. And because uh, I think his superpower is is building that culture, building relationships. And obviously defensively, he's a, he's a really bright dude. But at the time, he wasn't doing that for Atlanta, right? He had kind of shifted into a more managerial role. So I'm like, if you're going to do that, make sure those guys are excellent. And I th- and I really believe, I, I really believe he's a guy that, and that's another thing I have, a, I have the utmost respect for him in this regard. He is always humble and he's always trying to learn. He's always trying to better himself. And so I do think he's a, like fans are like, well, now we got to hire an offensive coordinator. There, there is no doubt in my mind that Dan is fully aware of how important that hire is. He understands emphatically how important that is. And so like, he's going to treat this like with the respect that it deserves, I believe. And I think that that's ultimately a good thing to have someone with that kind of awareness. And, you know, I've talked to other people who, who he was on calls with and, and just how receptive he was to their feedback as well, I think was also fantastic. So again, I'm, I have, I have confidence that, that this is, this is going to work better because he is a guy that is constantly learning and constantly improving himself. And, and people say, well, like, you know, that's just words, but I say, look at what happened in Dallas. Look at how he changed. Look at how the defense changed. Look at how he evolved. Look at, you know what I'm saying? And I think those things are, are incredibly important just to be aware of like there, there's a historical context here to his career that is different than the comparison in Ron, I think. And I think that's the thing that really sticks out to me about this hire and about this relationship with Adam Peters that makes this so different. Like he's he's learned, he's better, and I think we're gonna have a better result here in Washington.